Hey church, this week we are trying to uh, journey along with Jesus and, and learn from him along the way as he's headed toward the cross. Uh, today is Tuesday and we wanted to kind of uh, look at uh, what happened to Jesus on Tuesday before the cross and kind of see what lessons there are for us. And this day is just packed full of stuff. There's no way I can unpack it all, but I will unpack a, a few little gems for us. Uh, as a, just a reminder, uh, Sunday, Jesus comes into Jerusalem um, to, the, to the celebration of mass amounts of people. And, um, and he rides in like a king. And he does not deny the fact that he is king uh, in the way that he comes in. Um, and people are celebrating the, the coming Messiah. Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And he rides in Jerusalem and goes into the temple. Uh, it doesn't tell us what he does in the temple there. We could assume he spends some time in prayer and in, in meditation and um, just uh, um, aligning himself with God's will. But then he returns out to Bethany, which is a town about two miles uh, southeast of Jerusalem. And so then the next morning, as he comes up Monday morning, he, he comes across this fig tree. And the fig tree, it's not the season for figs. Jesus goes to the tree and there's no figs there, and he curses the tree. Um, let me read this to you. It says, On the following day, when they came from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to see if he could find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. And he said to it, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard it. Now, this is a very curious uh, passage here. What Jesus then goes on to do is he, he goes to the temple, and uh, rather than go into the fortress, Jesus is not interested in political matters. He's interested in spiritual matters, and, and people were not uh, seeking God. Uh, their spiritualities were very, very shallow, and he cleanses the temple, and then he, he spends the day teaching the people. Well, now here we come to Tuesday, and... Uh, this is, I'm reading in Mark chapter 11, verse 20. It says, As they passed by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. And so on Monday, Jesus curses this fig tree, and on Tuesday, it is completely withered. And it's a very curious passage, because you're like, why would Jesus uh, curse this fig tree? I mean, uh, it says that it wasn't the season for figs. Like, did, Jesus would have known that. Why, why does he go to this fig tree, find no figs, he just finds leaves, and he curses the fig tree, and then the next day, it is, uh, it's, it's withered all the way to its roots. I mean, it just seems like a very mean thing to do, that, that Jesus is very petty here in this. Um, but that's not what's going on here. I mean, Jesus is hungry, and there's a fig tree, and it's in leaf, um, but it's got no figs. Uh, Jesus did not curse the fig tree because... He was hungry and it couldn't feed him. I mean, this is the same Jesus who spent 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness fasting, no food. Um, he's, uh, he can go without, uh, especially for the will of God. This cursing of the fig tree is meant to be a visual parable and a teaching to his disciples and a, an illustration for, for, for the, the, the people then and for us today. So let me tell you something interesting about fig trees that, uh, that I've learned. The fig tree produces its fruit along with the leaves, that the leaves and the fruit um, grow at the same time. 
And so to find a fig tree in the month of, of, of late March, early April, to find a fig tree that's got leaves would be an indication that fruit has grown with it. Um, most of the time, the, the, the season for figs would have been about five weeks later, um, you know, mid-May uh, to the end of May. And so, so this fig tree with all its leaves, it's indicating that there's fruit there. So Jesus goes and checks it out, and what he finds is that this tree doesn't have any fruit. It's just got leaves. And this, he curses it because this is a living parable, a visual parable about um, Israel. Like God had a purpose and a plan for Israel. They were meant to be his chosen people. They were meant to be a light to the nations. People were supposed to look at them and, and this peculiar people who, who did things that just weren't normal and who honored a, a one God, which was, um, uh, everybody else was uh, pantheistic back then, um, that, that, that people would look to them, see the blessing that God gives them, and then that would point them to a relationship with God. He had a purpose and a plan for Israel, but they um, did not follow his purpose and his plan. Like they were basically like this fig tree. They had all the leaves, but they didn't have the fruit. They did not bear fruit of righteousness. I mean, they had this massive temple. It was beautiful. They had these um, uh, rituals um, that were that were so symbolic and beautiful, and they 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 maintained them so well. It was but it was all just leaves. They had the look of spirituality, but there was no real fruit. And that's why Jesus curses them. I mean, listen, a great lesson for us today. It is really easy to do the things that spiritual people do. You can pray, you can sing, you can give, you can serve, you can do all of these things and they look like like they're like they're, they're the they're the emotions and activities of somebody who has a great and deep faith in God, but if you don't have a real faith in God, it's just leaves. It's just leaves. You can you can look spiritual without bearing the fruit of God. And and here's the thing: Jesus knows the difference, and he and he doesn't want us to just look on the outside as though we are good. And, and righteous people. No, we really want to have the kind, he wants us to have the kind of lives that actually produce the fruit of righteousness. I mean, Galatians gives us the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These things are about your character, not about, about how you look on the outside. Like, because, like, like, patience is just something that, 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 that you're able to do because of an inward peace and trust in God. Like I could be patient in certain circumstances that would undo other people because ultimately my trust is in God. I trust that God's gonna take care of me and that whether good or bad is happening in my life at the moment, that, that God is the one who, who upholds and sustains me. And that's, that's my source of patience. It really overflows from the peace that comes from a life of faith in God. And you can't fake that. All right, uh, we can fake spiritual things to other people, but it's just leaves. So you sing in the choir, you sing on the worship team, you you you've given of yourself, you you went on a mission trip. Listen, that 
Those might be fruit, which is great. It could also just be leaves. And so on this day, a great thing for us to reflect as Jesus is headed to the cross is that, where am I? Is this, is this a, is, is what comes out of my life the fruit of a genuine faith? Or do I just do things because it looks good to other people? Uh, therein is a great lesson. And that's why Jesus gives us this lesson with this fig tree. The fig tree just had leaves. It had no fruit. May not that not be the case with us. Now, the rest of this day, Jesus goes to the temple, and it's pretty fun. Um, in verse 27, this is Mark 11, it says, And they came to, again to Jerusalem, and as he was walking in the temple, the chief priests and the scribes and the elders came to him, and they said to him, By what authority are you doing these things? Or who gave you the authority to do them? Again, remember, these are men, they were plotting to kill Jesus, and he comes into Jerusalem surrounded by, by multitudes of people, and they're all chanting, and they're like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? The whole world has gone after him. He goes into the temple the next day, and they were not expecting anyone, much less Jesus, to... Um, to ransack the place and then begin to teach. And so Jesus overturns tables. He, he prevents people, but then he, he, has, he, he begins to teach people and they are amazed at his teaching. And the, the, the Pharisees and these, these religious leaders, they're just like, uh, they are so caught off guard. Tuesday, they're like, we're ready for this guy. And as soon as he walks into the door, they charge up to him and are like, who gave you the authority to do what you've been doing? And Jesus asked them a question. He says, well, okay, let me ask you a question. Uh, John's baptism was it from God or was it from man? And uh, he knew, like, like if they if they validated that it said God, John's baptism was from God, then they're like, well, why didn't you believe him? But if they say it was from man, then they feared the people who really believed that John was a prophet. And so these guys, in the in the spirit of modern day relativism, just go and they say, well, we don't know, we can't tell you. And Jesus says, neither am I going to tell you. Jesus goes on to teach many parables. He teaches a parable about uh, a, a vineyard um, that, and that, that, the, that the people who were meant to, to keep charge of it uh, weren't taking care of it, weren't honoring the, the man who owned it. It was a parable about God entrusting the religious leaders to take care of the people, but they wouldn't do it. And when he sends prophets and even his own son, they kill him. He, he, uh, he tells them that parable. They try to trap Jesus with many questions like, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar? Jesus says, well, give unto Caesar what is Caesar's and give unto God what is God's. Um, they, uh, they, they question about the resurrection and Jesus uh, corrects them on that. Um, Jesus does a lot of teaching on this day and uh, I want to just encourage you, go through and uh, and just read in the in the scriptures. I like the book of Mark because it's it's short and concise and it's just all action. Um, but uh, but but read all of chapter eleven and chapter twelve um, in the book of Mark. And really, uh, you can go on into chapter thirteen. Um, which yeah, go ahead and do that. Um, it's a. Uh, I wish I could unpack that for you. Jesus foretells things that are to come. And the one thing that I would want to point out to you there is that Jesus says the end's not coming until the gospel is proclaimed in, in, in every area of the earth, all right? And so I know like right now as we are going through this coronavirus thing and that's new and different for all of us and people are like, oh my goodness, is this, is this a sign of the end of the times? Well, uh, the sign that I look forward to the most 
is uh, carrying the gospel to every tongue, tribe, and nation on the earth that they can know that God loves them and God sent his own son who gave his life on a cross that they might be saved. Um, and, in, and until we carry that out, uh, the love of God and the patience of God is just going to hold back the end. That's the promise of Jesus. Um, but go in there and see that it's a uh, it's a it's a really rich passage, and it it would take a couple lessons for us to unpack it because it's really not an easy uh, easy um, uh, set of lessons. So um, y'all have a great day, and uh, remember, uh, let's use this time. Uh, to develop a genuine faith, not one that is pretend like a fig tree with leaves but no fruit, but one that's real and legitimate and comes from a heart that has been changed and truly trust God to handle all things in our lives. Love you. See y'all soon. Bye.